Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I am your host, Diana Collins. Hey, everybody. I know it's been a while since I've been live and in action, but we're here. What can we say, right? We do what we do when we can, and, and this is it. But I'm here again, this time in person live with my dear sister, Sabrina Callen. Um, you guys probably uh, heard her podcast with me last year. Uh, talking about domestic violence and you know our passion passion with domestic violence and spreading the word word and awareness, but we're going to talk about something a little lighter, just a little bit, right? Um, so, Sabrina, hi. Hey, you've been busy. <laughs> I have been. <laughs> you've been really busy. But busy nonetheless. <laughs> How's it been going? Really good. I'm really enjoying myself and seeing how things are coming together. Like I said, just really busy. So tired, but busy. Having fun. We're going to enjoy the journey. That's right. We enjoy the journey. I always say I ride the wave until, you know, I can't ride it anymore. I never drown. I always ride it. I never drown. That's right. As long as you keep going. That's right. So you have been extremely busy, um, more than your normal busy, I must say. Um, so just catch us up a little bit about first, tell us about you a little bit. Okay. And then um, we'll go into a little bit about where you've been and what you've been up to, Miss Exceptional Woman of Arizona International 2021. Um, a little about me. Well, I was born and raised here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. I'm typically really quiet, especially around people I don't know. But people that know me don't really get that aspect to me. So they think I'm very um, outgoing, um, which I can be. I'm one of those people, though, of, I come out, smile, do what I have to do, and then I kind of go into my quiet space. Peace of mind for me is very, very important. Um, those that heard the last podcast know kind of the journey I went through. So, um, peace of mind, self-care, things like that are like really, really important to me. So I try to do that as much as possible, um, even in the midst of everything I have going on right now. <laughs> so you bring it back, Zen, you know, meditate, pray, yeah. all those things. Read my Bible, pray, have those quiet moments. Those are very important. Mm -hmm. um, other things about me, I am the oldest of five. I asked for a sister. I got all five. I got brothers, no sisters. Um, oh. so, so that was kind of interesting. I got a Cabbage Patch doll named Sandra that was kind of close. Um, my mom thought that was <laughs> um, So yeah, I'm the oldest of five. I was born here in Arizona. Um, military brat, growing up till I started school. Um, and I just enjoy having fun, roller skating, singing. I have a dance ministry that's like another outlet for me called Dynamic Praise. Um, mm -hmm. Those rough moments, I find myself with my praise and worship music and just a moment with God. And then I find out and hear it out after it's all said and done. I feel a lot better. I'm more balanced to deal with it, although the issue is still there. So <laughs> still got to deal with the issues of life, but it's how we go about making sure that we handle those situations. So getting balanced in those quiet spaces and keeping a level head helps a lot. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned balance because that's really hard to find balance. And with everything that you do, how do you find that balance? That Because you're juggling, I mean, so many things just from our personal conversations. I thought, I mean, I think you and I are about the same type of busy. <laughs> Right about now, I think I think we are. <laughs> We're probably <laughs> right now. Um, to be honest, my my life is color coded right now. Like people think I'm joking when I say that. It is not a joke. It, it's real life. Um, my life is definitely color coded. So I make sure that I have things scheduled, balanced out. That way, I have that time. Okay. I try not to overload myself, so that way I'm not overwhelmed, stressed out about anything. So just scheduling, making sure that I'm keeping track of my schedule and making sure I don't have five things all on the same day and then I'm running around town without being able to breathe. Mm -hmm. So I think the main thing for me would just be scheduling and balancing it out. So I get up in the mornings, have my time where I pray, you know, listen to God, listen to worship music. Um, and then after that, kind of slowly getting myself together so I can get ready for those busy days. Gotcha. Well, that that that's good because I I ask you to share that because a lot of people need those tips to to color coordinate their lives. Color coordinated calendar calendar has been my life. <laughs> that is my godsend. Yeah, and I just started doing that. I have um, someone introduced me to a app on the phone that you can color coordinate and it actually transfers over to your computer. And I said, oh my God, where has this been all my life? Good. I thank God daily for for Apple products. I'm telling Businesses and stuff. You know? iPhone and that iPad and I put it in one and it transfers to the other. I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes. I, I know we're not sponsored by Apple or anything like that, but <laughs> but it helps me. <laughs> oh, man. And, and everyone's like, aren't you going to switch over to something? I'm like, no, they all talk to each other. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I said, I don't need one product not to talk to each other. I said, I need them all to speak. Yep. That's pretty much been it for me. Just making sure that I schedule everything and making sure that when I make my schedule, that I keep that, that me time in intact. Yeah. And I'm, oh man, that me time is so important, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, Self-care, yeah. it's not selfish. No. Save me time. Oh no. Well, the thing is this, you have to make sure that you take care of you. And I learned this the hard way because I was that person that would take care of everybody else. I got five brothers. So, you know, being the oldest, <laughs> you kind of take on certain characteristics, certain responsibilities. So you're trying to take care of everyone else. Um, my mother lives in Africa, so trying to make sure she's good in a whole third world country, that's supposed to weigh on you. So you have to make sure that you take care of you and put you first. It's not selfish because at the end of the day, if you've poured out everything for everyone else, you don't have anything else left for you. So you yeah. got to make sure you take care of you. You can't pour from an, from an empty cup. I always say that you can't drink from an empty well. No, got to take care of you. You don't take yeah. care of you. You don't have anything else for anybody else. No, that's so true. So Miss Exceptional Woman of Arizona, Arizona's Exceptional Woman, International 2021. That's it. Arizona's Exceptional Woman 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. 
So tell me about that journey. Um, it was interesting. I kind of got pulled into it um, through a mutual friend. Um, we met because everybody knows now I got 90 inch nails. So <laughs> my nail tech I've had for like 17 years has become a very great friend and confidant. She has helped bring me through some stuff, okay? got to make sure you have a good circle, good foundation around you. Um, she connected me with another young lady that also had um, dance and contact and her and I connected and we talked about doing the pageant and having five brothers. I'm a tomboy. So I was not sure this was going to be the path for me. Um, but I am most definitely that I'm glad that I took the step um, of faith and walked into it. It um, was an interesting journey. I had fun. Um, my platform, I did not realize that it could be a platform. It just was like the mission for my life after I had come out of my healing. Mm. Um, and it ended up being the platform for my pageant, which was helping to heal, which goes back to the domestic violence documentary that we talked about, um, that we did um, right before COVID. Um, and it just became my life story because before I was so quiet and because things happened in an institution that was supposed to be faith-based for me, because that's where I grew up, was in church, you know. And it's like, what do you do when you get broken and damaged in the very foundation that's supposed to be like everything in life is built on? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I got to a point where I realized, you know what, if I was broken, I was damaged and I went through this, I can definitely tell my story to help somebody else. But I had to make sure that I told my story from a place where I was healed. You don't want to tell your story when you're broken and damaged and in it. That's where you need to be quiet and pray. Um, so for me, the journey was, that was my open door to start speaking my truth out after. So I started to tell my testimony um, from an encouraging standpoint, because I made it out. I'm not broken, I'm not damaged. I am victorious, I am smart, I am healed. And I had to speak from that point of view. So going into the pageant, it was like, okay, you're gonna do this now. You really gotta like speak up because I told you I'm quiet. Like sit right. and watch other people. <laughs> this requires me to actually stand up and speak my truth out loud. And the topics of um, speaking my truth and speaking on the topics that I speak on their cliche topics the ones that nobody really wants to talk about out loud you know you kind of sweep them in the closet and hope to god nobody asks you any questions because you really don't want to talk about it or you don't want to be stamped with that stigma but the truth is that nobody can unlock the door until you do you gotta speak your truth you gotta deal with the root of whatever happened so that you can be healed and be healthy and that that's important um i it's it's funny you say that because right now we're reading and and mind you we're not in any kind of alcoholics anonymous or anything but the foundation behind the 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 motivation to get better as far as acknowledging that you have a problem i find it works the same when you've been victimized you have this acknowledgement that you have to do first. It's like I have to acknowledge that one, I was a victim, right? And then the second is, do I want to continue to be a victim? And how 
do I move from one to another? So you managed to do that and God bless you. Cause I, and like I said, we've all talked and we've all have parts of us that are damaged and that we are healed from, which allowed us to be in these platforms and to speak on it because the outside world sees us and they're like, oh, they're so beautiful. She's so poised. She's doing this and you know, she's smart, but they don't know the background. That's very true. Get there. I, um, and people have to realize like everybody has a story and I don't like using the word victim so much because you're not a victim. You're victorious. You made it out. Victorious. You're victorious. I like that. Um, because you made it out. You're not, you're not still in that space. Um, but excuse me, I like saying victorious because it's that journey in between. Yes, you were broken. Yes, you were damaged. But even if you haven't made it out, you can. It's, it's a choice. You have to decide, I'm going to be victorious. I'm not going to let this destroy me. I'm going to overcome it. And by doing that, the first step is, one, you have to accept it happened. And one of the things that helped with me was at the end of our documentary, we spoke to ourselves. Yes, And to me, that was powerful because I never took the time to say, you know what, Sabrina, I'm sorry. I allowed that to happen because I didn't stand up and walk away from it. I allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm still here. And I am nowhere near the person I was then. I'm much stronger, much wiser, um, healthier. And now I can go back and help people and pull them out of those situations which is the mission for Kingdom Restoration. It's just creating safe places for people that have been broken, damaged, uh, and have gone through traumas um, to have a safe place to go and talk, to receive the love and support that they need on their journeys of recovery. Because everybody's journey of recovery is different. And um, uh, it's very much faith-based because mine happened in church, unfortunately. Um, and for me, I think it was a little bit harder because when you have a faith base, you're taught, you know, yes, you pray, yes, you you um, meditate, you know, you do certain things on your own. But if you get stuck, you're supposed to be able to go to your spiritual leader. What do you do when your spiritual leader drops you? Like, where do you go from there? For me, it turned my complete world upside down. <laughs> I was like, it, like, I was already on the cliff dealing with everything I was dealing with. But when that happened, it just pushed me over. <laughs> Um, but my connection and my relationship with Christ is what saved me because although my community walked away from me, people turned their back on me. I had labels put on me. Um, speaking of labels, put a plug right there. You are not what people say you are. The only thing that matters is what God says you are, what you say, you are, what you believe about you. People will tag you. People will lie on you. People will run your name through the mud and let them. Mm-hmm. Let them. And I know I sound crazy saying let them. No. Because this was what I learned. I didn't have to say a word. Didn't have no. to say a word. When you're quiet and you let the Lord start your battles, oh, that battle's already won. I never had to speak a word. People that know me truly know me, know the truth, and I never had to speak a word. I had apostles come and speak to me and tell me what happened. And I'm like, wait, you don't even know my name. 
I've just met you. You don't know my story. But the thing is, you don't have to say a word. Let your life speak for itself. I could have yelled, screamed from the mountaintop. I didn't. Now, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not. It was very hard. <laughs> very hard. There was days I wanted to fight. But you, you have to. It's about, your, it's about your journey. I was quiet. I cried. I spent a lot of days in my prayer closet. I was crying. I was upset. I was angry. And those are all things that you deal with when you go through trauma. Mm -hmm. But come out, it's so much better on the other side. And because I didn't yell, scream, and kick, when I came out, God was able to take me through my journey and then put me in the positions that I'm in now. It's not by happenstance that I have this fashion this crown. This is for the glory of God so that I can go into other places that I probably wouldn't be able to get into without it and let somebody know you are somebody. You can be here and you are victorious. This is not about me at all. It's, it's completely about the journey and the people that I can help. Yeah, you are the vessel, right? You are the vessel to tell everybody that you are enough. Exactly. I'm just the vessel that he happens to use and I'm grateful that he chose me. Yeah, and, and what a beautiful vessel. And I'm not just saying that because you're my sister, my friend and family, no. Um, uh, just a little bit, and we didn't really get into the background of our relationship, <laughs> um, but it's okay. It's all right. Um, our relationship is is unique. We met at growing as you were starting Kingdom Restoration, mm -hmm. I believe. Yes, I had just started, and I think we were we were at a, a modeling audition or something. And our, we just kind of started talking and meshed from there. We've been together ever since. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, tell me a little bit more about, well, I already know a lot about Kingdom Restoration and, you know, and, and they didn't come on to hear me talk about it. So um, <laughs> tell, you, tell us a little bit more about Kingdom Restoration. Okay. Um, Kingdom Restoration, for me, it stems from the greatest testimony of my life. I went through a trauma that completely, like I said, turned my world upside down. And going through that, before going through that trauma, I was always the person where you get hit and then you cry a little bit and then you stand up and it's like your fight kicked in. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what am I gonna do now? How do I fix this? Where, where do I need to go? What do I need to do? With this trauma, I had no fight. There was no, how am I going to fix this? What am I going to do? Get up and had my strength and ready to move on to the next thing. I had no fight at all. All I had was my connection with God. So I spent a lot of time in my prayer closet crying and praying. That was all I had. And for the first time in my life, I went through depression. I went through being suicidal. I went through... Um, I guess I would say mental illness for a quick moment because I literally at one point, I could feel myself losing my mind mm -hmm. and felt like there was nothing I could do to grasp it. I really thought like I was going to be in a strip of white jacket and a padded room somewhere. <laughs> but it was by the grace of God that I was able to keep my mind 
And because that trauma was so bad and it happened where it happened, I was like, there has got to be some place where you to go, not be judged, just be loved and be able to heal. I tried going to counseling. It did not work for me. Not saying that counseling does not work, does help for some people. Um, for mine, it was a little different because the first counselor I went to, well, both of them that I went to, they literally, that death stare, blank, just that, yeah, I got that from both of them. Like, what in the world? Like, they couldn't believe what I was telling them. I was living it, mm -hmm. telling the story, and they couldn't believe I was dealing with what I was dealing with. And they really didn't know how to respond to it. And the thing was, when I look back, I didn't need an answer. No. I didn't need them to answer it. I didn't even need them to fix it. I just needed the support. I needed somebody that was not going to beat me up more than what I already was. Somebody that wasn't going to judge me. Somebody that was just going to listen, be a safe place, and love me through my journey. That was it. And because I didn't get that, Kingdom Restoration was birthed. And I really, I struggled with it again because I felt like the people I was dealing with were pastors, um, musicians, ministers. These are people in the pulpit. Here I am, little me, in the background. I work finance, the dance ministry. Like, nobody really sees me. Who's going to want to hear my story? Who's going to want to hear anything I have to say? And in my prayer closet, the Lord told me, you go where I tell you to go. You you go where I tell you to go. Because if you go where I tell you to go, the doors that need to be open will be opened. The yeah. doors that don't need to be opened, you don't need to be there anyway. So you follow me. And then I made the, I'm, I was going to say made the mistake, but it really wasn't a mistake. I got the answer I needed. Because I asked the Lord, I was like, I don't understand, you know, how, how did I get here? Why am I being treated the way I'm being treated. Because the thing is, you don't even have to be wrong sometimes. It's just you have to go through that journey in order to get to the other side to help other people. It's not about you. And so I asked the Lord, I was like, I don't understand why I'm being treated the way I'm being treated. I don't understand why it's being handled the way it's being handled. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. If I had, I could understand that. You know, you do something wrong, you get consequences, okay. But when you don't do anything wrong and you get a bus thrown at you, where do you go from there? Right. So I was like, Lord. And he told me, he said, how can you help the broken if you've never been broken? Mm. I was like, oh. Okay. You have to have a story. And the thing is, now going through that journey, although it hurt, now when I go out and I talk to people, I'm not talking from, I got it out of a book. Somebody told me. I can relate one-on-one -on -one and be personable because now when you're telling me you're suicidal and you don't, you feel like you can't take it, I can relate to you because I was there. I was in that valley. Now I can relate to you and tell you, you know what? Yes, it feels like the world is going to Yes, this hurts. It stinks. Yes, you're broken right now. But I promise you, if you hold on just a little while longer, this valley is going to become a mountaintop and you're going to be all right. And people need to hear that, especially now that we're, I don't say getting out this pandemic and, you know, getting back into the world and things like that. Um, I, I, I just dislike putting it that way. But um, the reality of it is, you know, a lot of us, I, I just said us, 
um, I'm not no longer in that situation. Um, but those people, individuals that are in those situations that have been closed up with their abusers now are going back outside. And to know that kingdom restoration is there, that's what I want to also share out there is that there is a safe haven. Yes, we are. The ultimate goal is to have a location, um, my own location where people can physically come. But right now, because we are still brand new, we were about two years old before the pandemic hit. Um, and we were really starting to hit a momentum. We had made a connection um, with the Arizona ACLU and were creating a, a program called Rise for um, women that were formerly incarcerated and helping to build them up so that they could be um, you know, productive in the community and get reconnected with their kids, their families, rebuild those type of relationships. Um, I had started working with a group home to mentor their kids. I actually am starting a mentorship called Exceptional Ladies for young mm. women who were in the, you know, in the state system and helping to build them up, giving them life skills, helping them to understand that, um, how you want to say, you know, life gave them a raw deal. You ended up in the system, but this is not where you have to be. It's no different than, you know, you were born into a situation, but how many basketball players do you know were born in the hood? They were born in bad communities where bad things were happening, but now they've come out of it and they're on top. Your circumstance does not have to be your end-all, be-all. That does not have to be your life. And just because you are a ward of the state or a latchkey kid or at-risk kid, um, you were raped or you know, went through a domestic violence relationship or what have you, you're still exceptional. You're still beautiful. You're still loved. So being able to get exceptional ladies off the ground and work with this group home, I am super excited about. I think it's going to be amazing um, to work with these young ladies and see what the, you know, end, what the end results are because I'm looking for success. These babies are going to be lawyers, doctors, nurses. They're going to have college you know, certificates. I'm speaking it into existence now because yeah. they are not their circumstance. Um, I worked with Heal, um, helping to enrich African-American lives. They actually were doing my suicide, a suicide prevention certification for me. So we're in the process of waiting for them to get completely back in the building and start working. But once they're back in the building, we're looking to get those courses back up and running because a lot of people come into contact with people that are suicidal or, you know, showing signs and they don't, they recognize it, but they don't know how to deal with it. Right. Right. I worked with Heal too. They're a wonderful organization. Love oh, them. Yeah, absolutely love them. They're great. Um, but with the suicide prevention, like for me, when I was going through my, my stint of being suicidal, it didn't last long. Thank God for a praying mother. Um, but I was mishandled in it. Mm -hmm. If it had not been for the praying mother, I would not be breathing here today. My mother, let me see. I told you when I went through my trauma, I lived in my prayer closet for like three months. Mm -hmm. All I can remember is crying, praying, and waking up at three o'clock in the morning. That was my life. Yeah. I went to work every day because I still had a job. <laughs> And I was working four tens. So it was by the grace of God that I even made it through. I'm working four tens every day and don't remember any of it. I don't mm -hmm. remember shower. I don't remember eating. I don't remember driving to or from work. I don't remember putting clothes on. I literally remember crying, praying, and being in my prayer closet 
and waking up at three o'clock in the morning every day. Mm. And it, it lasted probably about three months. And that's all I can remember. And look what birthed out of that when you came out of the prayer closet. Look at this. Look, look. I tell people, this is not about me. I did not go through that process. For me, I went through that process to be a vessel to be used to help somebody else come out because I was so broken and damaged. When I walked away from that facility, I was like, I'm never dancing again. I danced from the age of five. I started teaching dance ministry at 13. Mm. And I was I walked away saying, I'm, I'm never going to dance again. I'm good. I'm never going back to that kind of an institution. I'm good. And God was like, not so. I had to walk away from the ministry I, I built for my two girls to like 30. Gutted a room, painted walls. Anybody that knows me knows I do not do labor. <laughs> I, don't, I don't climb on top of ladders. I, I'm not bruising walls, none of that. I did all of this. <laughs> I was up on ladders, painting ceilings, painting walls. Uh, purchased mirrors, it, like made a complete dance and everything and had to walk away from it all. And but then it was your passion. It was, like I said, when I, when I get down, if I can get a space with some worship music and just dance for a minute, I'm okay. And so I had to walk away from it. But then when God brought it full circle, he blessed me with dynamic praise. There you go. Kingdom restoration. So my my trauma that I went through, it really wasn't when looking back, like going, it was horrible. But looking back, I'm like, okay, God, I see. I understand. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't about me. It's about going out and making sure that I can help these other people understand that they're more than what they think they are and that they can make it out too. Yeah, absolutely. Is tell your story from a mount from the mountaintop because it can become a page in someone else's story. Absolutely. Absolutely. People that go through things and they don't speak up. They don't they don't come out. But scared. open their mouths and say anything, if they see you, your life becomes a testimony. Even mm -hmm. if they never say a word. You never know who's watching. You nope. never know. I say that all the time. I say you never know who's watching and who's listening, right? And your words are powerful. Absolutely. Words are powerful. A lot of people come back and tell me now. I didn't think anybody was paying attention to me. I was so broken and hurt. I'm just like going around in life. <laughs> like, like I said, I, I really don't remember like three months of my life. <laughs> like I was, I was mentally gone. Mm -hmm. But even though I was in that state, praying, crying and all of that, they never saw me yell cuss. They never saw me fight. I like literally, it was like going through that process. God took me and just put me in a hole somewhere. People had thought I left Arizona. I was like, I was born and raised here. These people ain't gonna run me out of my hometown. I'm born and raised. <laughs> what, but the thing was, God just took me and put me in a safe place. And that's all kingdom restoration is supposed to do. He put me in a safe place and let me go through my journey, go through my process and so now, King, Kingdom yeah. Restoration, tell us a little bit more about Kingdom Restoration. Like what? Um, uh, kingdom Restoration, I, I meant to say <laughs> dynamic praise because 
first you had kingdom restoration, right? And then the other way around. Was it? Okay. (laughs) And the reason was this, because when I was broken, I said, remember I said, I didn't think people would want to hear my story. People didn't want to listen. People weren't going to want to hear what I had to say because these other people were on these high platforms. So I think I was, I, I was good enough. People weren't going to want to hear me or weren't going to believe me. Mm. So when God gave me dynamic praise and kingdom restoration, he gave me both of them at the same time. Ah. He woke me up at three o'clock in the morning. I don't know what it is about three o'clock, but three o'clock must be my time. I was like, Lord, we can't talk during vacant hours. No, like, that's the creative hour. Yeah, That's when the mind is ready to create. I know the three oh. o'clock hour. Well, <laughs> so I would wake up at three o'clock and it, it happened for three days. And the third day I was like, okay, Lord, you keep waking me up. Like I'm finally to a place where I'm getting some rest. I'm sleeping again. Cause I wasn't sleeping before. Why am I getting up at three o'clock in the morning again? And I found myself in the middle of my bed with a notebook and I just started writing what he gave me. And when he gave it to me, he gave me dynamic praise and kingdom restoration. He gave me the names and the reasons behind them and the outline for how it was supposed to be done. I told you, this is not about me. (laughs) None of this is about me. I'm just walking the path. And so to be honest, when he gave it to me, I was like, oh, no, Lord. (laughs) Not me. This is too big for me. I can't do that. I'm good right here in my little prayer closet. And... I let it sit for about six months. My mom mm. asked out for my EIN and I was like, ma'am, there's three letters I don't mess with and you just told them all my business. I got ready to put her on a plane and she slid B2 papers. Here you go. And I'm like, ma'am, what is that? And she says, well, that's the that's the EIN numbers for the nonprofits the Lord gave you. And I was like, didn't I tell the Lord no? What's your room? And so it sat for probably about six months. And then finally, I was like, okay, Lord. But when I said, okay, Lord, I was talking like I had a choice. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'll do dynamic praise because then I don't have to talk. (laughs) I can teach and minister and never have to say a word. So I did dynamic praise first. (laughs) And when I started dynamic praise, the funny thing is I told the Lord yes, but didn't tell anybody else that I had said yes. And I got a call from somebody asking me to come minister at their church. And I was like, I didn't tell nobody I was doing advanced ministry. I haven't even been seen anywhere in two years. How about a phone call to come minister? And so that opened the door. I went and ministered there. And then before I knew it, I left and I was in Texas for like three weeks. And I ministered at three churches there. And then I came back and then it was like stagnant. Then all of a sudden I got a couple of little things, but I knew it was never supposed to be just me. Even now when he gives me pieces, it's for a group. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And so, you know, anytime you start walking a path that God tells you to do, nothing comes easy. Mm. Nothing comes easy. Nobody is going to like not nobody, but the devil is not just going to let you walk this path out without throwing bricks and trees at you because my stuff was not little. It wasn't like he was like, oh, okay, let me push her a little bit. No, he was trying to push me over, <laughs> take me out. Um, and so I was like, okay, Lord, I'll do the dance ministry. Found a location, finally got a yes, and had a date to start. 
the floors where it had to be done. She told me, once the floors are done, you can come in and start teaching. And I'm like, okay, God, we're good. Yes, we have a location. And then the management changed and the management came in and said, no, ma'am, we don't want you to use that company. You got to find somebody else to do your floors. What management company comes in and even cares as long as the floors are done, right? These people was like, no, you can't use that company. You have to find somewhere else. She was never able to get the floors done. So it took me three months to find another location, found another location, put information out, got ready to teach, and COVID hit. And I was like, my Lord, now I know this is what you told me to do. What is going on? Right. And so we went through COVID, me praying, like, okay, Lord, I know this is what you told me to do. I need you to show me exactly where I need to go, what I need to do, how to move. And next, I think it's next Saturday, July 10th. Mm. Next Saturday, I will actually start teaching. We, um, I found a location probably about three weeks ago. And it was absolutely crazy. My god sister was like, hey, I moved. Okay. So we got her moved. But at, right before we got her moved, she told me, you should go online and look at the pictures. And I'm like, go online and look at the pictures. I'm not moving. Not right now. <clears throat> what do I need to look at pictures for? But see, the Lord, he, he will set you up. Even when you think you out, he, he be setting you up. So I went and looked at the pictures now. Most places, they have just the weight room with an open area, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the extent of it. I go and look at the pictures. It's a whole weight room with the open space. You go outside, it's the boy, the men's room, the women's restroom, vending machines, and then it's a building next door. The building next door was a pre-made studio already done. Wooden floors, mirrors on the walls, cubby for the kids, TV on the wall open space nobody's using wow so she's like come over we'll go look at it make sure it's big enough and i'm like in my head i'm thinking if it's the size of a matchbox right now i'm gonna take it because i know what the lord told me to do you can't despise small beginnings right you just gotta start and let the lord do the rest mm. i was like okay so i'm coming lo and behold i go to look at the location and the manager shows up she introduces me to the manager we go look at the location. Nobody's using it. So now we have a location and dynamic five ten. So I will get to start teaching finally. And it will not just be me. <laughs> Cause that was never the vision. I just happened to be what God needed to start. And so in order to fund dynamic praise, we started, we'll have t-shirts coming out soon. So we'll have apparel. But at the I had a pageant appearance two weeks ago and we started dynamic praises custom boxes so we'll put together custom boxes for dancers because oftentimes I tell people all the time flowers are beautiful we appreciate them love them I love them too but as a dancer it's like give me stuff that I can use mm -hmm. you know what I mean I need tights I need shoes I need tumblers I need clothes I can go to rehearsal in I need hair ties I need clips so we're going to put together custom boxes for dancers that will have all the little wonderful things. Um, nice. Some have jewelry. I found traveling size, travel size flat irons. I was like, oh, this is a constant. <laughs> so, and you don't have to, they don't have to be pre-made. They're custom. So you tell me about your dancer and then I will customize the box for them. 
Nice. Put it together and get the dancer exactly what they need. So that's that beautiful. Dynamic praise in a nutshell, but I really am excited to start teaching next week. Hi, I see you. I'm, like, I'm excited for you. I might have to come to get my praise on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Like, like age is not age is not a an issue. Um, the only thing that I ask is they have to be at least five because they I have mean. to have an attention span to be able to retain the information and pay attention. And before school age, kids typically have a, a problem with sitting still and taking instruction. Not to say that I don't love the babies because I do have lots of nieces and nephews, but it's just easier once they're school age to start getting them into a routine and teaching them things of that sort. And then you can be as old as you'd like to be. If you can't dance anymore, we do mime and we do flags and streamers too. So I will teach you that. You got good arms, no coordination, we'll get you flagging. There you go. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh man. Um, oh, man, I'm so excited for you because I know we talked about it on different occasions and yes, you you now that valley with me of okay we're good nope <laughs> we're good nope oh. so yeah we are um, we're there so nice. i'm forward to seeing what what god does with this what I'm, I'm excited so before um when i post this on the podcast site uh, make sure you send me the links so that I can put it in the podcast notes so people can reach out to you and um, on either for a kingdom restoration or for um, for the dance, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we get it out there. I mean, I, I, I know I'm still growing my platform as well, but at least, you know, it's, it's out there and we can just def definitely blast it everywhere we go, right? That's, that's how we get it out there. Um, Cause I know you and I both are, are similar when it comes to social media. It's like, oh, I'm, so bad at I'm so bad. I am so bad at social media. I try, but the thing is like, I, I work a regular job. So, you know, working a regular nine to five and then trying to run not one, but two nonprofits. And then, you know, maintaining my pageant, pageant platform and appearances and, making sure that I'm taught out in the community, talking to people, encouraging people. It's just hard to do all the social media stuff. At one point I was looking for a social media person. It's like, I need somebody to help. Right, and I am so there with you because, you know, doing the podcast, acting and modeling, and then the business I started, you, you got all these platforms and then someone asked me, well, are you gonna do YouTube? I'm like, what? Wait, <laughs> right. This so more need to do something else, and I was like, "Man, I love you, I do, but my little color coded life and my me time, I can't schedule that right now." Right, right. I'm so proud of myself. I got to this. Right. I did a few a play a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh Lord." Yes. Yeah, I can make it through because I am tired. So I am doing, I'm, I'm trying to do better with social media because I know I do have to post and get people to know what's going on. Um, help me post when y'all see posts, help me tag it, share it, give it to yeah. someone else. Um, but I, I do, I have to definitely work on social media. I was actually working on some stuff this morning, just pre-making posts and schedule those to go out. Oh my, my OCD has me, like, I got to be organized. 
I found this app where I can create posts and schedule them. Well, you so, got to share that with me. I sure will. I sure will. And it, um, you can set it up to actually post on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. Oh, nice. Cool. I love that. The Lord will give it to you. He will. <laughs> so I, I found that um, and I started using that. It's actually, let me see. It's called Business Suites. Okay. And it's an app that you can put on your phone and it connects to Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you schedule your posts because Facebook used to let you do it and then they stopped letting you do it on there. But this actually um, lets you post on Instagram and Facebook and you can schedule your posts and it will go out without, you could be living life and it will go out at the time that you set it to go out and not have to worry about it. All so right. They're going to do better. I'm, I'm working on scheduling posts so that they can go out. So I just need people to help me share the information. <laughs> there you go, everyone. <laughs> we're not social media uh, savvy, but we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Um, I'm constriction. <laughs> it is time. It's timely, right? Um, so now, Miss Exceptional Woman, tell me how you got into that, because that was like a surprise. I was like, what is she doing now? What happened? When did this happen? So I told you my nail tech hooked me up with a young lady named Kara White. Amazing young lady. Um, and when we connected, it was like she was a longtime friend that I had not quite yet met. <laughs> We've been connected ever since. And so her and I had a conversation. She was telling me about the pageant and, you know, different avenues of different, um, the different categories and what they did and how it would work. And she was like, you should do it. And at first, little me over here, I was like, no, ma'am. I'm all the whole time, boy. No, ma'am. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. And so she talked to me, encouraged me. And after we talked, it was like pretty running a pageant is it's pretty much you, you go on a journey it is a journey from beginning to end and with any journey you got to have a purpose and my purpose was to go back and help people that had gone through traumas like i did to have a safe place to heal and with that i walked away from her like you know what as you guys can tell everything for me is faith-based i'm all the way about christ there's no front no plane so i was like let me pray about it because in my head, I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. And so when I went back and prayed about it, the Lord told me yes. And I was like, see, the Lord got jokes. He's funny. Because here I am thinking, I don't know. I don't know. And I prayed and he came back and he said yes. So I mm -hmm. called her back and I said, the Lord told me yes. And I probably sounded crazy because I literally was like, okay, the Lord told me yes. Not, okay, let me, let's do it. I was like, the Lord told me yes. <laughs> and so we started the journey of putting together the platform for kingdom, for, for kingdom restoration to be the platform for my journey as, you know, a contestant for Arizona's Exceptional Woman. And a lot of kingdom restoration is getting out in the community, talking to people and helping. You know, I've gone to several domestic violence shelters to help. I've did the documentary that you and I did together. And I'm working on a couple of other things I can't talk about right now. That's okay. <laughs> um, 
but just kind of putting those things together. And like I said, it helped me get to a point of, okay, I got to tell my story. I got to start talking. And that was what started my journey. And I was nervous at first because, again, I didn't think people were going to want to hear me. But the more I spoke about my journey, the more I learned that I was healing. I wasn't just helping other people. I was helping myself heal. And then as time went on, I was in a new place. Now I can really go back and help people. And so that was how my journey started. Um, I was actually surprised because, again, I, I was coming out of a broken state. <laughs> so, And I had been hidden for two years. I told you people thought I had moved out of my hometown. So when I started my journey and started posting and people started to talk to me and um, support, I was kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. And when it was all said and done, and they and I was crowned as Arizona's exceptional woman, I was kind of shocked because I was like, "Oh wow!" Like I'm not. God really did favor me for this journey. Like I didn't think that was going to be my path, but being a part of the Arizona International Pageant was a great experience. I met amazing women that have become part of my inner circle and for me going through what I went through I have people around me but my inner courts are sacred you make it into the inner courts you have made it (laughs) and some of these young ladies have actually made it into that inner court they are not just um, acquaintances they're actual like friends they are my my goal sisters my queen pageant sisters however you want to say it but they they have joined with me they have some of them have prayed with me we have encouraged and pushed one another. So it has been a great and amazing experience being crowned as Arizona's exceptional woman. Now it's just making sure that we put in the work. So now, you know, with anything, any platform, any elevation that you get, you got to work. It, it comes with a responsibility. So now it's getting, you know, COVID is kind of lifted. We have some other issues we're going to pray through with this Delta thing, but it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop me. I'm still going to do what the Lord told me to do, and I'm still going to continue to push my platform and to help as many people as I can. Because I really do have a heart for people. I love people, even though I'm real quiet and kind of go back into my hole. I really do love people, and I love helping people. Yeah, and it shows. It it, it really does show. And I think that's part of what gravitated me to you when we first met. I was like, oh, she's cool. She's nice. And I've only been in Arizona, what, two, three years, two years by the time I met you. Not even two years. It was one year. First year. First audition. I knew you had been here long. I didn't realize it was that close to when you It was that close. I've only been here a year. Okay. When when you and I met. And then here I am at this audition to models. no idea what the world I was doing, but it's been a great journey, right? It's a journey. Right. You're put in these places for a reason. And I feel that every interaction solidifies the reason why I'm here. Right. You know, and getting to meet you and being in that inner circle. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, And I just, I just love watching you and your journey. Um, it's, it's definitely something that encourages me to continue to go on and move on and to do all these things, um, just to, just knowing you and just being a part of your circle, right. Um, is, is, it's, 
it's great. And I'm blessed. So back to that, you, you never know who's watching you. You never no. know who's encouraged by what you do. Because I have no, no idea you. <laughs> so that be the glory. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that makes yeah. it hard. <laughs> It's just those little things, you know, and and just speaking as an adult over 40, um, <laughs> meeting new people and <laughs> meeting new people in a new in a new uh, city. Uh, it's not easy. Um, and if, if, if people have those set friends and they're not really looking to meet new people. So it was really welcoming and inviting to meet another woman because again, I love people and I love being a woman, but we can be vicious. Yeah. We can be vicious. We can. Right? So you never know who you're gonna come against um, and when you meet somebody. So it was really warm and welcoming to, to meet you and be friends and family, call you my sister and, you know, call and, and vent and, you know, you can pray for me and, you know, same here and, and just know that we got each other's back. And that's, that's important. And that's, that's all we, we look for. You know, I'm not going to sit there and watch you go out there with your crown all crooked. I'm like, all right, come here. Let me fix that up for you. <laughs> yes. Get in there and help me. <laughs> like, mm, that, that don't look good. Let's, let's fix that up. Right. And that's what we need. And that's what we're trying to encourage within our community, not just the, you know, in the black and brown community, but it extends further than that. Um, you know, it starts in our community. Absolutely. Because we always want to lift our community first before we can go out and lift another community. Absolutely. Right. Got to start at home first. Absolutely. So um, I just love that you're doing that. And I love that you're going to speak to the young ladies because, you know, some of them need help. And that's what we hear as village, right? It takes a village. And that moment that we stopped being that village, that's when we started to see a lot of this turmoil within our community. And that's the thing, people don't realize just because somebody seems a little off or they seem a little weird or a little mean, um, sometimes you have to look past the exterior and get to the root of the issue because they're typically probably not really a mean person. They're just used to having to have that tough exterior because they've had to protect themselves. So but once you get past that and they can trust you, then you get to see the genuine real heart of the person. Then you can help them. Because now you know what you're doing. But that's the thing. It's, it's about getting to the root of the issue. You got to deal with the root. As long as you're chopping leaves, if you don't deal with the roots, it's a hard time. No, because the root is what's feeding the leaves, right? Exactly. So we have to take care of the root. Sometimes we have to pick it up and plant it somewhere else that's healthier. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so that it can cultivate and and being enriched in a better area. Yep. And then once you deal with the root, then you've got to keep watering, planting, and pruning. That pruning mm -hmm. process is the work though. That's the work. Let the healthy stuff grow and continue to deal with the stuff that's broken and damaged until it's a complete whole tree. Yeah. Healthy. Yes. Yes. And 
But that's it's a journey. Just like being Arizona's exceptional woman, that's I tell people all the time, it's a journey. And I'm I'm looking forward to the journey. And I'm so, enjoying it. <laughs> yes, I'm right. That's right. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. So what's next after exceptional woman is uh your reign is over, Miss Queen? <laughs> after the reign is over, I just started. I know, but you I always think I'm I'm a forward thinker, okay? I'm always planning for what my next thing is. Um So I told you guys there, one of the things is ultimately the goal is to have a location. <clears throat> so I'll be doing fundraisers and stuff like that. I'm working with a couple people on some grants and trying to figure out how that process works so that we could get funding to get in a location. Um, within that, you know, we'll have the suicide prevention courses. We will have um, situations where like to deal with depression and the process for that, because going through trauma, you say trauma, but trauma comes with so many other things. Yeah. So just making sure that <clears throat> we get that facility built so that we can have the people that need to come in, come in and start to really deal with those people and the root of the issue so that we can get them healed, healthy, and back where they need to be in the community so they can go back and help somebody else. Um, eventually, there will be a book. <laughs> um, the Lord told me three years ago that I would write the book, but I knew I had to wait. I had to wait until I was in a place of healing. Because again, you, you never want to speak from a broken space. Because um, hurt people do hurt people. Hurt people say things that are not nice. Um, so I had to, I had to wait and and get to a place of healing. And now that I'm in that space, now I can start working on the book. So I've started working on it, it's not finished yet. So hopefully by the end of the rain, I will have that finished, um, or at least in the process of almost being finished so we can get that released. Cause I really do want to make sure that it's spoken from a place of healing and encouragement so that it definitely can go out and help other people. Um, eventually I want to have workshops where people can come um, with the program for RISE, we're gonna be working with other people to make sure that they have um, support with getting their resumes together, getting um, clothing and stuff for interviews, nice. making sure that they deal with the root of the issue of whatever caused them to go down that path. Mm -hmm. So that, that that generational curse or whatever's going on is broken and they can remain healed, remain in the community and connected to their families. Uh, working to make sure that they get connected back to their families. Because when you leave, a lot of the women, um, unfortunately, majority of the women that are incarcerated, people don't realize it, but they have families, they have kids. And when you take a mom out of the home and they have kids at home, those kids grow up. Mm -hmm. So you left and Johnny was five. Now Johnny's 15. That same relationship that you had with Johnny when he was five is not going to work at 15. So now you've got to heal. Johnny's got to heal from you being gone. And now we got to bridge the gap so you guys can be a family again. So dealing with those kind of issues, those are the things for me at the end of my reign that I want to have. Because 
at the end of the day, being Arizona's exceptional woman is beautiful. The journey has been amazing thus far, and I'm looking forward to however it turns out going forward, whatever doors are opened, however many people I'm able to help. But I want at the end of the day, when I take my crown off and pass it on to the next young lady, I want to be able to say that I helped somebody. Hmm. I left a legacy behind where, Lord forbid, if I take my last breath, there's something in place to continue to help people that have gone through those rough patches. And that's all we can do, right? That's all we can do is leave, leave a path that someone else can follow and take it that much further. Because, you know, with everything we do, we're building a foundation for somebody to keep building on top of and build on top of. And yeah, sometimes you get some structural damage, right? (laughs) But just rebuild. It's just rebuild. Just rebuild. Just rebuild, right? Just rebuild. And that's, that's, that is our takeaway. We're just going to build on the foundation and if the building looks a little off crooked, you just knock it down and just rebuild. Right. Take off that layer and just rebuild. Yep. But at the end of the day, you know that you can rebuild. It's not right. the end all. Right. Yeah. And people have to really understand that it just because you got knocked down does not mean you have to stay. No. No. I felt like I was in a dark hole. I was like, I tell people all the time, I fought too hard to get here. I will not go back. And that's why I protect my peace of mind to my me time, my quiet time. <laughs> like that, those things are important because I, I had to fight to get to where I am. Because mm-hmm. I'm not okay. I am now. But I wasn't for a, for a little while. For about two years, it took me two years just to get back into my right state of mind. Mm. And you would think that I've been in a space of healing longer than that, just based on like the open doors that God has given me with being in the pageant and being Arizona's exceptional woman with open doors coming for kingdom restoration, dynamic praise. And the reality is guys, I've probably been me for about a year now. It was in the middle of the pandemic when something finally snapped and I was like, I'm okay. I really am okay. It happened. It knocked me out for a minute. I was suicidal. I went through depression. Lost my mind for a minute. (laughs) But I'm okay. I'm okay. That's it. Yeah. Wounded, not defeated. That part. Wounded, not defeated. We're not victims. We're victorious. You just got to get to the other side. It's that valley. Yes. That's the hard part. You get pushed off in the ditch. You got to walk through the valley. That valley is the hard part. And a lot of times when you go through the valley, that's when you find out who's really for you and who was just a facade or just there. Because those are going to be the people that are going to walk away. Those are going to be people that turn their back on you, leave you for dead and and not not look back. The ones that stick with you, those are the ones that you know really love you and have genuinely love you and have your best interests in mind. Yeah. And you, those are the those that's the support system you need. Those that are left behind, 
that's the support system that you need in order to climb out. Those are yeah. people that are down to give you a hand to pull you out. They're not just going to look at you in the valley and say, oh, okay, she good. One day she's going to come out of that. No. No. They're going to stand out and ask you, do you need help? Those are gonna be the people that come and check on you. Hey, did you eat today? And I'm not being funny. Like people literally had to come ask me, did you eat today? Because mm -hmm. at one point I lost 30 pounds in two weeks. Did not realize I had not put food in my mouth because I was just that far gone. It's real. It's it is. Real. It is. It's real. But as long as I got bread, I'm going to keep telling my story. That's it. That's it. Because somebody listening. Right. Somebody I, is listening. I yes. I have learned that to be true because I didn't think anybody would want to hear my story or want to hear what I had to say. But I've learned that a lot more of us, because they feel that way, don't speak up. Mm -hmm. A few of us that kind of gird up and decide I'm big, I'm okay, I can tell my story and it's all right. Those are the ones that help those that are not strong enough to talk or to mm -hmm. speak but still need to go through the process of healing. And I've learned that they're watching even when you don't think they are. So they see how you address stuff. They see how you carry yourself. They see how you talk, how you handle situations. And although they don't ever say a word and they could be broken in a corner, watching you come out of it lets them know that they can too. Yeah, yeah. So I am not going to keep you any longer. I think we went over our, our hour. Um, really? Yeah, but it's okay. It's all right. You know, I, I love it. Uh, again, any chance I get to talk to you, I just, you know, we just talk. We just keep going and keep going. <laughs> keep going. Well, I thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate you having me come on and talk and share my story. And hopefully it helps me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just, um, I don't know who this is, but hey, <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like I said, it's just one of those things that every opportunity that we can get to share our story, um, we're just going to take it. And again, we don't know where it's going and who needs to hear it, but the person who needs to receive it will receive it. Right. So you keep going on your reign um, and thereafter, uh, and you know where to find me. <laughs> I do indeed. <laughs> I appreciate you. I love you so much. You are just, I, I mean, you. when they picked you for exceptional woman, I was not surprised when I saw it, when I saw it. Um, as I said, when I first met you, there were just something about you. I don't know what it was. It, it was just, it was meant to be. And I appreciate you and, you know, just, let's just keep doing it. Thank you. And we'll, you know, we'll just keep doing it. And you, you know where I am when you need someone to, to speak on something, um, and you know, we talked about that too, but I'm like, oh yes, you coming. She said you coming. <laughs> oh yes, you coming. <laughs> We're gonna pull on your strings too and get you out. We're gonna help some people together. Um give me keep me in mind. Look, I'm gonna stay in my closet. <laughs> no ma'am. Mm -mm. Just like the Lord pulling me, I'm gonna pull you too. Come on. <laughs> we gonna help these people together. <laughs> it's a village, right? It's That's a right. village. 
and we definitely have a beautiful village um, and a strong village, a strong village, that's for sure. Yes. So yeah, I definitely, definitely, because it takes, it takes that village to get us to where we are today. Small is a cheerio, but I promise you, those people that God has put around me and those that have stuck with me and remained, they are a force to be reckoned with. Amen. See? <laughs> I do. I thank God for the, the people that God has placed around me to, to love me, support me, encourage me on my journey. Mm -hmm. Thank God for them every day. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. So I'm going to let you go. And we're going to end it here because I can get on a whole nother topic and we'll be out here another hour. We'll come back later. Yeah, we'll come back later. <laughs> well, we definitely will be talking again and I definitely will be having you on again as, you know, just showing as you're growing each platform and, you know, again, just getting it out there, right? just getting getting it out there the best way we can and even though as i always say we don't have thousands of those numbers like um some of those social media people we have the ones that count and the ones that matter and the ones who need us right and need the information and that's the purpose of why we do it i'm not worried about the thousands i'm just worried about my assignment those that god has assigned me to those are the ones i want to reach that's right. That's right. Amen to that. And I'm with you on that. Right. <laughs> on that note, everybody out in Facebook worlds and uh, the Soulful Eclectic world, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And um, it's going to be up on the site. So if you missed the live episode, hey, you can come back and play and rewind it. Right. <laughs> You can press rewind. We're still there. Um, right? That's right. Plus rewind. Um, and then the audio version will be up later on today. So um, look out for it. Uh, but make sure, Sabrina, you give me those contact information so we can put it in our show notes so that if someone needs uh to talk to you for whatever the reason, either if it's to, to do the dynamic praise or kingdom restoration or even rise, right? Even rise. Somebody may have a family member that's incarcerated that may be getting out soon and needs some help. Absolutely. Um, the process of coming back into the buildings, but once they are back in the buildings and we start getting people up and getting up and running, we definitely will need the support. So if you're interested, I'd love to have you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're on board. So um, with that, I'm going to say toodles, guys, and I will see you guys in podcast land and Facebook land. And again, I apologize. I am not the best Facebooker, Instagrammer and all those things, but I'm getting better. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thanks again Bye. for having me.